It is season two of the Let It Be podcast. And if you were with us last week, you heard part one of my friend Amber Ayer's story. It was incredibly impactful. I got so many messages and comments about what an amazing story she has. So this week we are tuning in to part two of the conversation. I'm so glad you are here. It is just eye-opening to hear the circumstances that some people have lived through, have grown up in, and how God has truly done a miraculous work in their lives. And Amber is one of those. So stay with us and check out the second half of my conversation with Amber Ayers. Finally, I was just, I was ready for something different. I, you know, so my, I had been praying like, Lord, change something in my life. Me and mine and my brother's life. And my grandparents had been praying, Lord, send somebody into Amber and Sean's life. And I don't even know how it came to be. I think I may have asked, now that I think about it, I think I may have asked my grandparents if we could just move in with them. Mm. And and they they were the answer to, to mm, our to prayers. Their prayers. Yeah. Mm. And so my freshman year in high school is when my brother and I finished out eighth grade in Louisville. And then my freshman year in high school is when we moved up my brother and I, and moved in with my grandparents. Of course, there was all kinds of stuff that went into that. You know, they had sure. to get temporary custody mm-hmm. and, you know. and all I the legal side All of the it. legal side, mm-hmm. yeah. All the things that go into all that. And where was your mom right now? Did she know this was happening? or Because I know she kind of went on and off the grid. Yeah, I honestly, honestly, I have no idea. Mm. I don't even know if I had, at that point, I don't ever remember really speaking to her much mm-hmm. Um during that season, I, I mean, I don't even, I have no idea where mm. she was at that time. Um, so we, we moved in with my grandparents. They did all the legal things. I remember going to the dentist for the first time. I don't even know if I had ever been to the dentist up into that point. I mean, just little things like that, yeah. you know? Well, I was thinking when you were talking about Sean's asthma attack, like, was there even medicine in the house? No, I don't think anything like that. Like it mm. just wasn't, you know, and not a knock to my parents or anything. It's just, we just didn't. Yeah. Two things. I don't know. We just lived life every day. You know, it was like survival. Honestly, mm-hmm. it was like, what do you need to survive? Mm-hmm. And that's just, it wasn't anything above survival. It was just the getting, getting through each day. Yeah. And I remember feeling exhausted. I, I just remember feeling always tired and like, there has to be more. And, and really clinging. I mean, I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember, I feel like I keep saying that, but I do like in my prayers, like thanking God, like, God, thank you. that This is not my eternal home. You know, like I just was so thankful because I just didn't like it. I just didn't. I just, I wanted more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, I would pray, I would pray, <laughs> even young for whoever my future spouse would be. I remember praying. <sighs> for him, <laughs> which is so crazy when you think when you're so young like yeah. that, you know, like mm-hmm. who, pray, you know, like I know parents pray, mm-hmm. you know, but I remember praying like, God, please bring a man into my life that will, that will love you and will just be a good man and will mm-hmm. be a good father and, um, 
and who would be a lot like my grandpa. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. so my brother and I moved in with my grandparents and, um, you started high school, started high school. It was probably the first stability it, that you'd had. It and, was. And you would have been 14. 14. Yeah. And it was, and it was my grandma and I butted heads a lot because, mm-hmm. um, she actually, not that my parents didn't love me. They did love me. They just, they were young and I don't know mm-hmm. that they just, you know, I don't know. And so, but it was the first time that I had been parented really, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there was discipline and there were mm-hmm. rules and there was boundaries. structure and yeah. boundaries and all that. And so we butted heads only because I was so fiercely independent mm-hmm. and used to just making my own way and doing everything mm-hmm. that, um, and I had strong opinions and, you know, and, and she would just tell me, girlfriend, she would actually say, girlfriend, that's not how this works. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking, oh boy, what have I got myself into? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was because she cared for us so much and she wanted so much for us that she wasn't going to allow me to just do what I wanted to do. And, and I never was, and here's the thing, a lot of people would think, gosh, were you wild and were you doing things? No, I actually was the polar opposite. Mm -hmm. I was such a rule follower. I was always the teacher's pet. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to hurt anybody. I didn't want, I didn't want to be like my parents. I didn't, I didn't want to break all the rules and I didn't, I wanted structure. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't wild, but I was very independent. Mm -hmm. And so, um, my, my brother ended up, my poor brother, he just, he was just always troubled. I mean, can you, I mean, you know, he grew up with so much trauma. And so my grandma, I don't know if he got kicked out of the public school that we were in. I don't honestly remember or if my grandma pulled him out and mm-hmm. placed him in a Christian school. He just always struggled. And, um, you know, he, he has severe ADHD and just couldn't like get out of his own way. I mean, yeah. just, you know, so, um, I, I, was in, I was in Fairfield, um, schools and graduated from Fairfield and my brother was in a couple schools. They were just trying to do the best for him. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think it was, I don't know, maybe my junior year in high school. Um, my dad ended up being able to move back up towards this area and was spending a lot more time with my brother and I. Um, and, my brother ended up moving back in with him and my grandparents let them choose, let my brother choose that. And they loved my dad and my mm-hmm. dad always did his, the best that he could. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately my dad was more of a friend in, instead of a parent. Yeah. So gave my brother lots and lots of freedom, way too much freedom. My brother really needed a lot of structure. And so, um, but, it, it, and I didn't want to move in with my dad. Mm-hmm. I wanted to stay with my grandparents. I, loved the life that I had there with Mm -hmm. them. And we were in church every Sunday and every Wednesday, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night. Mm -hmm. And I met some of my best girlfriends and, um, you got in a youth group, got in a youth group. And I just, I just really was like, this is the life. Like, Mm -hmm. I just was like, this is what I want for myself when I'm Mm -hmm. older from, for maybe a future family that I'll have. And, um, around the time that my brother moved, and with my dad, um, was when I met my husband, mm-hmm. you know, 
and we met when we were young, 15. He's a year older than me. He was 16, and he asked me to be his girlfriend on my 16th birthday. And um, um, <laughs> and I, I, I didn't want to leave any of that. I, you know, mm-hmm. um, so my brother ended up moving in with my dad, um, and I stayed. Um, but (laughs) I, looking back, so my husband and I, um, he, he, like I said, he asked me to be his girlfriend when I was 16. We got engaged when I was a year later. So he was 18, but I was only 17. That's crazy. I mean, he, no, and when I look back on that, I remember my grandma like losing it. Like, Amber, what are you thinking? And the only reason she thought that they adored Keith, they yeah. adored my husband, adored him. But we were babies. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't graduated high school yet, and she, and you know, and she knows our family history and right. things that. So she was like, <laughs> Amber, like, no, you're not engaged. Don't even wear the ring. No, like she just was. But look, but looking back, I I probably would have done the exact same thing. Like yeah. that's just crazy. Yeah. yeah, I mean crazy, and I can't even imagine. I mean Keith's parents, whom I absolutely adore, what's going through their minds? Right. You know, <laughs> like it's just. Um, but my grandpa ended up saying, Sharon, listen, they're going to make their own decision, and this is you know at least Keith is the guy we've been praying for, and um, you want them to elope? You ended up telling her that, and she's like, well, no, and he's like, well. You know, it's good. She's going to be 18 soon. It's going to be what it is. So, um, I graduated from high school in May and we got married in August, that August. So I was, you know, I was 18. He was 19 <laughs> a few months after we graduated high school. I can't even believe it, but I will say this. I was always like an old soul. I mm-hmm. really, I know I was young and we were so young, but I just felt like I was there. Like I just knew what I wanted and, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know. It just didn't seem odd to me. Well, and you probably had to grow up so much. I mean, just the fact that you were wired to be a nurturer, but then your circumstances required you to be this mother figure yeah. to your little brother. Right. And probably in many ways, the, adult right. of the household because your mom and dad were off doing things that right. adults should not be doing. Right. And so I've even always thought, I mean, I'm older than you and I've always felt like you've cared for me because yeah. you are, you are a caring anyone who is around you. And I, I'm sure that part of what your background is, has created you to be this caregiver. You take in puppies, <laughs> you take in children. I do. You, I mean, that is just, you've (laughs) watched, you've watched so many people's kids as they are like babysitter and nanny just out of the goodness of your heart. I mean, that is all I have ever known you to be. And I've, we've known each other almost all of our adult lives. Yeah. And that's true. I'm glad you actually brought that up because that's kind of stepping out of my childhood growing up and then into adult life after Mm -hmm. being married. I have tendencies that I, I have to be cautious Mm -hmm. because I can I can be not that giving is bad, but there are, there are boundaries and there's mm-hmm. healthy ways. Yeah. And I, I could find myself easily erring on the side of an unhealthy 
give way too much to the point of like almost not to say self-destruction, but sometimes even enabling other people to Mm -hmm. take advantage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when my husband and I got married, um, my, now we had our own adult life. Right. And so my parents still were, now my dad at, at this point, he was doing great. He really was. My mom peeked her head back into our life, but it, when she did, you know, she always needed something from us. Mm-hmm. So now I'm in this adult season of life mm-hmm. and I really hadn't had a relationship with her at all. Um, um, and so she, she would always, she'd call and she'd need something. Mm-hmm. And so many years of our early, like early in our marriage, Mm -hmm. we were spending the, we had no money. We were, Mm -hmm. yeah, we didn't even go to college. Like we Mm -hmm. were, we went right into working full time. We had no money. We were, Mm -hmm. we were paying our bills and all that, but we didn't have anything to give, but we were giving every little bit extra we had to help family members Mm -hmm. that needed it. And so we were sometimes paying rent. And, and I remember so many times going buying groceries mm-hmm. and all the things to help, help my mom. And then of course, then it became my brother who's calling and needing. And then there were times in my husband and I's marriage that we, um, that we, we, we had my mom live with us at one season. Mm-hmm. We had my brother move in with mm-hmm. us at one season. And you know, my daughter, our, our, my oldest was born two years after we were married. So she is, she remembers when we had, I mean, she gave up her bedroom for, for when my mom moved in with us at one point. And, um, you know, same with, with when my brother moved in, mm-hmm. Reed was my second was born at that time. And so my oldest remembers a lot of this, how we would, <laughs> I really, it wasn't healthy. It really mm-hmm. wasn't a healthy, but I wanted to help. I was always trying to help. Well, maybe this time somebody will change. Right. I, if I can help enough, Mm-hmm. Um, and it just ended up becoming just an enabling situation yeah. that, um, you know, you, as an adult, you think, well, maybe, and then God love my husband for, for, he was right there with it. You know, yeah. he was, he was contribute. He was with me, like yeah. supporting me in this. Cause he saw how heavy my heart was for mm-hmm. my family. And I wanted them so desperately. Well, maybe now that I'm adult, I can help them and then they can change, but they, they just never did. And mm-hmm. so, um, we we ended up having to just draw the line and just yeah. say, okay, there are healthy boundaries. And there was a book I had to read on boundaries and everything. I mean, mm-hmm. I really did because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I just made some poor decisions with, with the right motives, right. but, you know. Um, Not good, healthy decisions for your own family. Yes, yeah. And so um, we, we just ended up saying we can't anymore and started mm-hmm. saying no. And so then a lot of those relationships kind of went to the wayside because mm-hmm. we weren't, giving anymore. And, um, so shortly after that, um, my, I remember another pivotal moment was when my grandpa passed away Mm -hmm. and he, um, was at a small group Bible study and this, so you have to know this man was really like my earthly father. He, he was who I, he was so wise and so patient and he had like a a counselor's way about him. Mm -hmm. He could just talk to anybody and he just, nothing was ever alarming. Mm -hmm. And, and he had this way of like, you could just tell him anything. And he just was very like, just wise. He just, 
just saw things from so many, almost like mm-hmm. he had multi perspectives on things where he could talk through, you know, mm-hmm. what's the best case scenario? What's the worst case? So my husband and I would go to him a lot for so many things. Right. And so, um, anyway, so when he, he was at a small group Bible study and he had, a a brain aneurysm is what happened. He fell to the floor they rushed him to the hospital and it ended up taking his life like 20 days later. Mm-hmm. And that was at that. I mean, I'd been, I'd been through a lot of I mean, I could share so many things that I've experienced, but that was at that point in my life, the hardest thing as, as of still to this day that I had ever mm-hmm. gone through because he was, I mean, he, he, you know, I mean, one of the best men I, I yeah. knew, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, and it cha- just changes when you lose someone you love right. so much. That's been so foundational. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. changes everything. It really does. And I remember my perspective was again, really shook and like, Amber, this isn't your permanent home. Mm-hmm. And so, and it, it's weird because the simplest little things would trigger certain things. I remember sweeping my kitchen floor one day mm-hmm. after he had passed and all of a sudden I broke down and hit just sobbing tears. And I think my husband was in the other room and he was like, oh my gosh, what happened? He thought I hurt myself. And I was like, I remember my grandpa showed me how to sweep the floor because I would hunch over wrong. And he's mm-hmm. like, don't hunch over. Just little things, yeah. you know. Um, but it it it's just changed it just, it shifted my mindset, um, almost like it did when I come to know God, mm-hmm. I had, had like a renewed, um, appreciation for my eternity and that I'm going to see him again one day, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, so we're going through life and, and my, my grandma's learning to adjust to being a widow and family gatherings are different. Mm-hmm. And, and my husband and I at this point, at this point had made decisions to set boundaries in our adult life. And then, um, shortly after we had started having discussions about potentially fostering Mm -hmm. uh, children. And I even had a meeting with somebody up on, up, up at this Panera and I was picking their head who they had fostered, um, kids and just asking, what do we need to do? And, and Keith and I both had like a burden and, Mine was, I just wanted, I, I wanted to help. You yeah. Know, I wanted to help mm-hmm. and I wanted to do something. And my husband, there was some reservation with him because he has, he just seems like a, he can seem like he's tough, but he really has such a tender heart where he, he's like, Amber, I don't know if I can, because if we don't keep them, mm-hmm. it would break my heart. And I'm like, I know, babe, but we have to think about it differently, you know? Mm-hmm. So we were having these discussions and again, shortly after that, um, we thought, well, maybe we'll start taking some classes or something. We didn't know. And now we know why God was preparing mm-hmm. our hearts. So we had no idea what for, but we, th- we thought it was to foster children right. you know, from the state. And so my, it was a Christmas. Um, I guess it'd be five years ago now, I, I guess. 2015? Maybe so. I really would have to look back, but it's been... Yeah, 12, 13, 14, yeah, yeah, it was 15. You're mm-hmm. right. Um, my my dad had called me and said, 
hey, um, and this was Christmas, and he I always hosted Christmas mm-hmm. and everything, and so he said we're going to, you know, he always would come over, and he said, hey, um, so I have Hayden, which, so my brother had a little boy, mm-hmm. and um, and he said, I mean, there I could say a lot there, but I'll be cautious with what I say in that situation, but he pretty much had said, I your brother is not healthy. He's, he's, he's an addict and he was doing things he shouldn't be doing and using. And, and he asked if, if, um, he could bring Hayden over for Christmas. It would just be them. And I was like, of course, you know, Mm -hmm. like he's my nephew. Well, he ended up bringing him and leaving him with us. And he said, and I don't really remember if my brother at that point was in prison or getting ready to go to prison. Mm -hmm. He was manufacturing drugs in the home, my dad's home. And so we kept, we kept Hayden, um, but we were just thinking it would be really temporary that the bio mom would come back and we, it, we didn't realize that he would be with us at that point on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had no idea, but God had been preparing our hearts prior to that for that season of life. And, um, now I will say Hayden is still with us. So we have permanent mm-hmm. custody. Um, but there were court hearings and drama all in between there. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like you, you go through things and you think, God, why me? Like, why, why can't I, you know, I've, I've literally laid in bed sometimes thinking now, why couldn't I have just been born into a family, <laughs> a normal family <laughs> with a normal, with a white picket fence. Then I start thinking all the awesome things, you know, white picket fence on a farm <laughs> with lots of animals, you know, like all these. And, I really, God has given me a heart for people. And I think that now when I look at certain situations, Mm -hmm. I think I have so much more compassion for certain types of people and situations because I feel what, I know what they've gone through. And um, I know through that God had been, you know, molding me and making me into whom he wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, through all of those different situations that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have the love for people that I do. And you would think that I would, um, and I don't know who asked me this and I'm trying to think, but somebody had recently asked me like, why do you not have bitterness towards Mm -hmm. your parents or, you know, what anger or whatever. And I've struck, don't, don't get me wrong. There's been moments in my life that I have, I've struggled with that. Sure. And I don't know why God has been good to me in that area where I, I I just don't have any bitterness or anger Mm -hmm. towards them. I don't, I have compassion. And because I think that I, I look like at my own children now because I mess up a lot as a parent. Mm-hmm. And I just think, gosh, I would hate for them to go into their adult life and despise me for a mistake that I made. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would, it would crush me. And I know my parents know that they made mistakes and mm-hmm. they've said that. I mean, mm-hmm. my mom has said to me, Amber, I made so many bad decisions in my life, but getting pregnant with you mm-hmm. was the best decision I ever made. And, and she tells me that, you know, she has said that, that, you know, she knows, they know, they know. Mm-hmm. I don't need to remind them of it. They, they, they know, we know when we mess up. Um, 
I think I look at your life and I think of um, all of your, just everything that you came from. And yes, you could have totally gone down a different path because that is the story of so many people. They continue to repeat the same negative environment that they grew up in. Right. But I think about the way God wired you, his hand on you, whatever you want to call it, definitely a divine intervention that all of the circumstances that he gave you and put you through have truly created you to be this. Anyone who knows you can only say that you are the most loving, compassionate, giving person that they've ever met. And I think of my grandfather, I don't know the full story of his story, but he was abandoned by his mother. He was left on the doorstep of his grandparents' house when he was a baby. And you would think that grandma would have taken him in and just loved him and cared for him because he was her grandson. Yeah. But because of the circumstances that surrounded it, he was treated like the abandoned child and where the other grandkids would get Mm -hmm. ice cream. He would, he would not be told that grandma's handing out ice cream. And so his neighbor invited him to church and to escape the Mm -hmm. ugly at home. He went to church with his neighbor and that changed the course of generations now Mm -hmm. because had he not gone to church with his neighbor and found Jesus, my bloodline would look yeah. completely different. Yes. And right. so he found Jesus, had my mom and my uncle. Yeah. And then my mom found Jesus, married my dad. Yep. Who knew Jesus. Wow. Who taught my sister and me to follow Jesus. Yep. And we're teaching our kids to follow Jesus. And so that one pivotal moment changed the whole course of multiple generations on my mom's side of the family. Yep. And that's your story too. Yep. Had you gone down the path that your mom and dad had gone down yep. and just followed in their footsteps yep. and used and dealt and did all yep. the things that they did, yep. your kids would have a different story and your grandkids would have a different story and your great grandkids would have a different story. Yep. And that's something I, I, my kids know, my kids mm-hmm. know my story. They know the ugly parts of our family mm-hmm. and I don't hide that from them because I want them to see what sin is gross and sin Mm -hmm. is dangerous and, and has massive consequences, massive consequences. And I want them to see that. And I, I, you know, I, I want them to know, they know that I want them to follow him. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was talking to, um, my daughter and, and we were talking through things, um, (laughs) you know, as she's getting older And, um, I was recently reading about the process of a caterpillar morphing into a butterfly Mm -hmm. and the chrysalis. And I don't even know where I, I, you know, was looking at this or cause she, she, you know, asked me like, mom, how, how did you (sighs) choose to stay away from certain things or make certain decisions or whatever? But Anyway, I was recently reading about the caterpillar morphing into a butterfly and, and the process and what actually takes place inside mm-hmm. the chrysalis. And it actually amazed me because um, I learned that inside the chrysalis, some parts of the caterpillar are transformed, okay, and other parts disappear completely. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading this, I'm thinking, and, and I, I, 
I love how Jesus told stories in parables because mm-hmm. I love parables. Yeah. And I always translate things into a story because mm-hmm. it helps me to better understand. Right. So a lot of times when I'm reading simple stories, I always, and my kids, and especially my daughter, they'll make fun of me sometimes because they're like, you always have to turn it spiritual. But when I was listening to this and, and it was like a YouTube video or something and how the caterpillar is, tra- some parts are tra- transformed and other parts actually disappear completely. And it like, it did something to me when I'm reading this and, and I'm going to, um, when I'm going to, I'm going to turn this spiritual because there are, there are parts of me that through growing up that God, God needed to transform, but there are other parts of me that needed to disappear completely. Mm. And, and sometimes it was almost like having a funeral for certain things mm-hmm. where I just had to like grieve the loss of certain things where I was like, God's like, that's not what I have for you. Mm-hmm. So you, your expectations just need to change. Well, um, I, it was interesting to me because I'm going to continue with this, this caterpillar and butterfly in our lives. We often want to like circumvent the struggle mm-hmm. because who wants to struggle? Right. But did you know that for the butterfly to emerge from the chrysalis and to actually be able to fly, it must go through the struggle of breaking free from that chrysalis. And there was a, a research study done and they had different, like those little chrysalises in a lab. Mm-hmm. And there were some that they actually like cut open and then some they just let naturally do what it, it, it needed mm-hmm. to do. And the ones that they actually cut open when the butterflies emerged, they couldn't fly. Wow. And the ones that they just let struggle through were the ones that could actually fly. Wow. And so I remember like looking at this YouTube video and thinking, that's us. We want to circumvent the struggle. Mm-hmm. But like in that struggling process of the, the caterpillar and the chrysalis, that's when the blood flow starts moving and all the things start happening mm-hmm. to strengthen the wings of the butterfly. So when it actually like it's hard work for that to emerge when it actually happens, it can fly. Mm. And I just think of that in my life where there's been a lot of struggle, but there has been some, there's been so much beauty out of that, that Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be in certain positions or places or what have you, because I didn't like, I I didn't circumvent the struggle Mm -hmm. and, and we have to, um, go through things to come when we come out on the other side, man, like I, there are days, there are days, and I know this is going to sound cheesy, but it is the truth. And God knows my heart. There are days that I'm like, you know, life can get mundane and you go through the day to day things. But then I'm just like, I get emotional thinking of how thankful I am for my family and my friends. And I'm so appreciative Mm -hmm. of of what I have mm-hmm. because I know, I mean, I can, I see what I see, what it is that I have, that I have a faithful husband and uh, he's devoted to me and the, and the kids and, and, and my kids, you know, they actually like being around us, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they're good kids. Like I just, I'm so thankful for our family life and mm-hmm. so thankful for, um, my friends and just the life that God has allowed me to have mm-hmm. now, I really am so thankful for mm-hmm. it. Um, it just gives you a, 
I, I'm now looking back, I can honestly say, and God knows my heart, I'm thankful for my life experiences. Mm-hmm. I didn't like them at the time, but yeah. I am because I, I, like, you know, I am who I am now because of them. Yeah. And I appreciate things differently, I think, than um, just simple things. Sometimes I look and I, I tend to be an observer and I'll, I'll just watch and see people. And I just think, gosh, what a beautiful family or just, do they know how lucky they are, right. you know, mm-hmm. just to have the simple things that they have. Um, and so a challenge maybe would be just, just, you know, people, we go through so many heavy things in our marriages and finances and, and just so many things in life. Life can be really hard, but to not look at it as just don't circumvent the struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, fight through it, but, but fight through it. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. Don't circumvent the struggle because that's where the work is done for us to come out on the other side and be able to fly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, I know there are a lot more details to your story. Yep. I know that we could probably talk for, um, a lot longer yeah. to fill in a lot of gaps but I am so grateful for you sharing and being vulnerable. And I'm really grateful for your grandparents. Yeah. Um, I was lucky to know your grandpa yeah. and to even be with him yeah. in those last days yep. and yep. Um, to be with your family during that time. And I know yep. how much he meant to you and yeah. meant to so many people. Yeah. And I'm lucky to know your grandma and yeah. just to be able to see the influence she has had on your life right. in really such an amazing miraculous role she right. played yep. in really helping you yep. through some of that struggle. Yep. Um, if, if there were a verse that you kind of clung to during those days, or maybe as you were coming out of it, what is it? Well, I, I'm this verse, <laughs> I, I really I don't want to get emotional, but I'm telling you, it's awesome. And if anybody could read the commentary on it, it, it is like, it's really, it's amazing. So Psalms 126.6 says this, and I'll give it just a brief kind of synopsis on it because you'd be like, why, what does this verse mm. mean? But it's Psalms 126.6 and it says this, he who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy bringing his sheaves with him. And like, what is, what does that verse even mean? But when I was reading the commentary on it, it's amazing because it says he who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing. This could maybe be like a man, a farmer who he's weeping because he has failed so many times. Mm -hmm. And maybe the seed that he needs to take with him to sow is like precious because maybe it's, maybe he's taking it from his family that needs it. Maybe he's just, grieving because he's, he's failed so many times and he's just, God, I can't, he's weeping. But what is amazing about it is that it doesn't say that it says he who goes out weeping, buried the seed for sowing. He still went, Mm. he went when he was hurting and struggling and anxious, but he went Mm -hmm. and it says he shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheep with him. He did the work. He invested skin in the game for whatever healing he needed. Mm-hmm. And he trusted God for the increase. And then he, he plants the seeds and it says, he comes home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. 
it's like, thank you, God, for the increase. Mm-hmm. He had to do something, you know, and there's times that our marriages are hard or friendships are hard or relationships or whatever. You have to invest skin in the game mm-hmm. and it can be really hard and, and you can weep, and, but still do it. Mm-hmm. Invest in whatever it is. And, and he trusted God for the increase. And this is, he came home bringing his sheaves mm-hmm. with him. And that verse, I just, I like wanted to tattoo it all over my body and put it on the wall because it's just amazing to me that we can, we can weep and God knows, but we can trust him too for the mm-hmm. increase in our life. I love that. I don't know that I would probably ever have anyone share that verse. As, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we are coming up on summer, finally, although you mm-hmm. couldn't tell it today because we've jumped back into really cold, dreary nastiness today. But in light of summer that is on the horizon, what is something that you love? Oh, I love summer. <laughs> I love. All of it. Oh, I do. <laughs> I, I love I know we share the same. I love patios. Yeah, me too. And atmospheres. Yeah. And I just love, I love, well, I love being outside. Me I, too. I love being outside and I love swimming and, and the sunshine. I feel like my mood is boost in the sunshine and I just love all things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to walks, mm-hmm. long walks in mm-hmm. warm weather and I know. having my windows down when I'm yes, driving and me just- too. All the, I love summer. I do too. All of yeah. those things. Yeah. String lights. String. Oh, I love string lights. <laughs> I want to hang them everywhere. <laughs> well, and this is the Let It Be podcast. So if yep. there was one prayer that you could have answered, what would it be? Oh, man. For God's people to have joy. Mm. Have mm-hmm. joy. Because circumstances change all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the difference a day makes sometimes is for the good and for the bad. Yeah. But to know that there is joy in all things because of who we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. For God's people to have joy. I agree. Let it be. Well, Amber, thank you. I love I love catching up. Yeah on your details of your life mm-hmm. because we haven't talked about them in a really long no, time, a really long time. Yeah. And there were a few things that I even learned. Yeah. So thanks for being vulnerable and for yeah. sharing that. I think that your story today is going to touch people. I, I, I'm not going to be shocked if there are a lot of messages saying, Oh my goodness, I did. I had no idea that that was her background yeah. because a lot of people know you, but they've known you for the last five years yeah. or, yeah. or whatever. Right. And they don't know all of that. So yeah. I'm so grateful that you have allowed God to use your story in the way that he has and that you have just used what the enemy intended for evil, God intended for good. Yeah. So I love you. Love you too. There's a story in the Old Testament in the book of Jeremiah, and many of you have probably heard of it, but there was this evil King Nebuchadnezzar who had exiled all of these people from Jerusalem into Babylon. And Jeremiah comes to them and, and gives them this hope for the future. And it's in 2911 where it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I think of Amber and her story and the fact that in spite of all of the trauma and the challenges that she faced, because she had that foundation from her grandparents who were following Jesus and directing her in the ways of him, she was brought back to 
a hope and a future because of Jesus and who he is. So thank you so much for listening to her story, for being part of this conversation. You can follow me at Becky Ziegenfuss on all the social media platforms. And as always, thanks for being part of the Let It Be podcast. We'll see you next week.